Good morning. Good to see you all this morning. Thanks for being here at Grace Church. We are concluding our series today called Psalm 23. And uh, gosh, I have been greatly blessed by this series, and I hope you have been greatly blessed as well. Uh, I want to just recap really quickly. Maybe some of you, uh, this is your first time at church. Uh, Maybe you've never even heard of Psalm 23. You've never read it. Um, I want to recap where we've been and where we're going today. But on, on week one, we talked about the good shepherd. And so David, the psalmist, he was a young boy who was a shepherd. And he grew up to be the king of Israel. And he was referred to as the shepherd king. And he's writing this song. It's a song that, that he would sing, that he had music to. Um, and he wrote this song from the perspective of sheep. And, and so he's looking at the good shepherd. And he was a shepherd himself, so he knew a thing or two about shepherding. But he talked about the good shepherd. And then last week we talked about being cast down. Uh, we learned what that was. And, and actually uh, there was a young man, his name's Logan. Uh, really funny uh, story for you this morning. My mom actually works at the uh, Mercy Child Care Center. And she was working in a classroom, working with a bunch of kids, and a young boy who's been coming to church and listening to these sermons, he was uh, helping her in the class and, um, and was kind of hanging out with her a little bit. And he asked if he could uh, teach the kids some things about sheep. And my mom was like, sure, go ahead. And so he said, kids, do you know what happens when sheep fall over on their back? Do you know what noise they make? All right. So if he hasn't learned anything from this series, he's learned this. Okay, that's what happens when sheep are cast down. They fall over on their back. They cannot get up back up on their feet without the assistance or the help of a shepherd. And they make some crazy noises, all right? And so he had the whole class on their backs. So you guys got to help me out here, all right? He had the whole class on their backs, and they were all doing what? They were going... Yes, I so want to put this on Instagram, all right? No, I won't do that. All right. So we learned about being cast down, and there are multiple things that will make us cast down in life. And maybe you felt that way. Maybe you have been, like, in life, you just feel like, I'm, I'm just upside down, and I can't even get right side up without the assistance of a good shepherd. And I want you to know the good shepherd is here. He's ready and he's willing to put you back on your feet. This morning, the title of the sermon is In the House of the Lord. And it is good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. But I'm going to invite you all, I know you just sat down, but I'm going to invite you to stand. And we're going to read Psalm 23 together. And we've been doing this throughout this series, and I just think it's powerful. I think it's powerful for, powerful for us to read Scripture together. And so um, we're going to read Psalm 23, and we'll go on the count of three, two, one. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil, 
my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Father, I pray that you would use these words from this song that David wrote many, many years ago. This ancient text that we're reading this morning, I pray that you would take these words and through the power of your Holy Spirit, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would take these words and you would accomplish incredible things in the hearts and the minds of people that are reading these words and listening to these words this morning. God, I pray that we would walk out of here better for having been here. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. So this song that David wrote, it it opened with a proud and a joyous statement, the Lord is my shepherd. Like it was like a bold statement that he made the very beginning of this song. And I want to start out by asking, who's your shepherd? Like could you boldly say, the Lord is my shepherd. I'm under his care and I'm proud to be under his care. In the middle of the song, it says, anointing my head with oil. What is that talking about? What does that mean? Maybe you've, you've read that or you've heard it quoted or you've, you've heard it spoken at a funeral. You know, you've, you, you've, you've heard that, but you just never really understood. What does that mean that my head is anointed with oil? Only those who have kept livestock or studied wildlife habits are aware of the serious problems that insects can cause during the summer months. Um, you know, we lived, uh, before we just recently moved in town, Bayfield, we lived out on County Road 510, and the gnats were just nasty, okay? Uh, there was a like one and a half to two month window where the gnats just got miserable, where we couldn't even be outside. But there are a few parasites that can trouble animals and make their lives absolutely miserable, and I'm just going to name a few. Okay, those of you that have dealt with livestock, you've, you're going to uh, find this to be familiar. But there are bot flies and heel flies and nasal flies and deer flies and back flies, uh, black flies rather, mosquitoes and gnats. And there's just a whole bunch of little wretched winged annoying little creatures that cause animals to be very miserable. And they can absolutely take over in the summer months, and sometimes trying to find relief. So sheep are just being pestered by this. They'll get into their eyes and into their nose, and, you know, uh, they'll just torment them. And sheep trying to find relief, they will bang their heads against trees, against stump on the ground. Sometimes they'll just be running into each other. Uh, uh, You know, a bunch of sheep could look like they're in chaos because of all the parasites and the flies and those wretched little winged creatures. In extreme cases, sheep can even, I mean, they'll bang their head against a tree to the point of death. Like they will literally kill themselves to try to find a little rest from the torture. And so, this, I think, can directly apply to our own lives. I mean, this is the exact picture of irritations in our own lives or sin that continually pesters us. Like we're trying to walk towards Christ. We're trying to walk in holiness. But gosh, I cannot walk in victory over this sin. I'm I'm tormented 
by my own struggles, by my own mind sometimes. I'm, I'm, I'm walking in this torment and we're trying to find relief somehow, some way. And just like the sheep, we can begin to behave in the most disgraceful ways. Let me tell you, let me tell you what a good shepherd does, okay? At the very first sign of flies among the flock, a good shepherd applies an antidote to their heads. Many shepherds uh, prefer a special oil, and this oil a lot of times is composed of linseed oil and sulfur and tar. And the shepherd will smear that oil all over the sheep's head and, and rub it all over its, uh, all over its nose and its protection against the flies. And once the oil has been applied, the sheep's, uh, you know, once the oil has been applied to the sheep's head, it immediately changes its behavior. Instead of like ramming its head into trees or just running around in chaos, it immediately changes its behavior. The aggravation is gone, the irritability is gone, uh, the restlessness, the, the chaos calms down, and instead of running crazy, the sheep, they start to feed, they start to quiet down, and they start to experience peace from the torture. How about us? Like, how about you? What's torturing you? What's torturing you? How can we put oil on to find relief? Man, I love this so much because the scriptures often refer to the Holy Spirit of God through the example of oil. When we pray over people who are sick and, man, we're asking for God to heal them, we anoint them, we put oil on top of their head. We anoint them with oil because it's a picture of the Holy Spirit and His ability to bring healing in any situation. This is a beautiful example from a shepherd's perspective. He puts oil on the sheep's head to calm them down, to protect them from the torment that it was experiencing. And so how do we apply the oil to our lives? This daily anointing of the Holy Spirit of God. How do we do this? Man, this is going to sound so basic to some of you who have been Christians for a long time. Some of you that are deep in these deep Bible studies. And man, you're going to be like, this is just like child's play. This is so basic. But yet it is so true. Man, the way you apply the oil is to daily, with discipline, to be in prayer, to be in God's Word, and to be around God's people. To be in prayer, to be in God's Word, and to be around God's people. To be in prayer, to be in God's Word, to be around God's people. To be in prayer, to be in God's Word, to be around God's people. To be in prayer. To be in God's word. To be around God's people. And you do this consistently. And things begin to change. And you start to calm down. You start to experience peace. And this anointing, through the power of the Holy Spirit, produces joy and contentment and love and patience and gentleness and peace awesome. This song that David wrote, it closes with another positive affirmation and it says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 
Remember, David is speaking from the position of being, he's being, he's speaking from the perspective of being so completely satisfied with, with his lot in life, with, uh, he's so content with the care that he's receiving from the good shepherd. He's so secure in the oversight that he's receiving from the good shepherd that he has no desire for change. He doesn't desire to to leave his current flock to go to another flock. He is so satisfied with the care of the good shepherd. Sheep never wants to leave the care of the good shepherd. You know, there's some funny things out there when you read Christian articles. I have to, I have this weird thing. I have to confess. There's like a Christian bubble. And sometimes there's this things going on in the Christian world that most of the world has no clue about. So maybe this is news to you. Maybe you're familiar with it. But recently there have been some Christians who have denied the faith. And they are public figures. Um, some songwriters, some musicians, some people that were famous. Okay? But they have publicly declared that I am walking away from my Christian faith. I want to remind us, from David's perspective, when you are in tune with the Good Shepherd, you're following the Good Shepherd, you can't help but be completely satisfied with the care of the Good Shepherd. And I honestly believe, when you're following and you're walking with the Good Shepherd, that you don't want to leave and go to another flock. And you are so in love, you are so cared for, you're so satisfied, you're, you're content with where you're at. On the flip side, from the perspective of the shepherd, there's developed a great love and devotion for his flock. The good shepherd would never think about parting with his sheep. He is there to care for them, to protect them. He is there to give them everything they need. And this bond between the shepherd and the sheep it will last. And David in this song, he says, it will last forever. The word house in the last verse of the song says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. It has a wider meaning than most people give it. Normally when when you hear the phrase house, maybe you'll relate to this, when, when you hear, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever, many people think, oh, that, that's speaking to the place of worship or the church or the gathering place. Like, we call this the house of the Lord. And some people, when they read this, it's like, I'm going to be in church forever? Like, man, I'm having a hard time putting up with it for an hour. Like, I don't, this really isn't encouraging to me, you know? Like, we're going to be in church forever? I don't know if I like this. But we have to keep in mind that David is writing from the perspective of sheep. He's reflecting on and recounting all the experiences of being under the Good Shepherd's care. So the word house actually has a a wider meaning than most people give it. And let me share with you what that is. The Good Shepherd has taken his sheep. Remember, he's taken them from the green pastures. He's taken them from the clear waters. And he's taken them from the comforts of the home ranch. And he's intentionally led them through some wilderness times. He's led them up through the mountains to get to the tabletop lands where there is lush, green grazing. So he's intentionally taken them through some hard things to get them to where they will find incredible grazing. And then fall comes, and with it comes storms and rain and sleet. And it drives the sheep back down the foothills and back to the home ranch 
for the long winter. So this idea of coming home, it's a return to the fields. It's a return to the corrals, the barns, the shelters of the owner's home. That's the idea that David is trying to communicate here. During all the seasons of the year, there, you know, there's hazards, there's dangers, there's disturbances. It's the shepherd's alertness, it's the shepherd's care and energetic leadership that has brought the sheep through to the end. And that's what this statement means. It's, it's with this feeling of contentment, this deep abiding love. It's with this incredible relief, like I have returned to my home says, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Some of us have come from broken homes. Man, I am, I'm sorry for that experience that you had, but I want you to know God's intention for the home is to be a place of peace, to be a place of rest, to be a respite to where you can come and you're like, ah, I'm home. I'm home. And I experience that often when we have busy weekends and our kids are all over the state at different sporting events and it's just a little bit chaotic and we try to embrace the madness, you know, and sometimes it doesn't work. But then we come home. Man, it's just this place of peace and joy. That's, That's what God intends and that's what David is trying to communicate when he says, you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever where you don't have to wear masks and you're not trying to impress people and you know the drama of life just ceases and man you're in the house of the Lord you can be who God has made you to be the house or the word house refers to the family or the flock of the good shepherd once again the sheep are so deeply satisfied with the flock to which they belong they're so deeply satisfied with the ownership and the care of the good shepherd that they have no desire, no wish to change flocks. Going back to the example of those who have walked away from their faith, and I think it would be good, maybe you know them, maybe you don't, but I think it would be good to pray for them and to, man, to ask God to bring them back to the faith. But I think it's important for us to understand that if you're doubting, if you're questioning, if you're struggling in your own faith, The answer is always to look to the good shepherd. Look at Christ. Follow Christ. Be close to Christ. And he will lead you. He will guide you. He will not fail you. He will not run from you. He will not abuse you. Look to Christ for your answer. If you look to me, if you look to a church, if you look to people, we're going to let you down. Don't let your faith be established on me. Don't let me be your foundation. Let Christ be your foundation. My question is, is when you're under the care of the good shepherd, why would anyone want to go from the safety of the good shepherd and intentionally just run out into barren land where there is no grazing and there is no food and there is no water? Like, why would we intentionally do that? So stay under the care of the good shepherd as Christians. And I think we should be proud to belong to Christ. I mean, why wouldn't we celebrate how good our shepherd is? Why wouldn't we celebrate that? W. Philip Keller, he's an author of a book about Psalm 23. 
he was actually a shepherd in South Africa. And he tells some stories about his experiences. And I wanted to share a story that he uh, wrote in his book um, called Psalm 23 from a Shepherd's Perspective. And I want to highly recommend that book. It's so good. But he tells this story about a neighbor of his. So he had his land, he had his sheep, and then he had a neighbor who was not a good shepherd. And he did not take care of his sheep well. And as winter approached with its cold rains and its chilling winds, this, this neighbor, with all of his sickly sheep and sheep that weren't cared for, they didn't have good water, they didn't have good grazing, they were very neglected, they would turn their bodies towards the storm, you know, they would kind of turn towards the storm and just bear it. And often they were trying to get across the fence any way they could, like busting through it or finding a hole, trying to get onto William Keller's, or Philip Keller, rather, um, on his land. These poor, abused, neglected sheep under the ownership of a, of a heartless shepherd. Man, they had known nothing but suffering most of the year. They were thin and sickly with disease. They had scabs on them, parasites all over. Some of their legs, he said, they were so weak they could just barely stand. They could barely even hold their own weight. And often, once again, they would try to break through the fences or try to find a, a, a hole through the fence, a fence to free themselves. And sometimes they would. So sometimes they'd get across the fence and they would run into Philip Keller's pasture and they would gorge themselves on the fresh, lush grazing in the grass. But this wasn't good because their digestive systems weren't used to this. And so often it proved to be deadly for them. And so it would mess with their digestive systems because they were not accustomed to the rich grass. And one day, Philip Keller, he saw three of his neighbor's sheep lying helplessly on his property. They were kind of in a pile under this fir tree. And they were weak, limp. They had collapsed in a pile. Uh, Their bony legs would no longer support them. And Philip loaded them into a wheelbarrow and he wheeled them back to his neighbor, this heartless shepherd. And the the way he tells the story is he said, this heartless shepherd, uh, this wheelbarrow kind of parked right in front of him, he took out a knife and he slit all three of their throats. And Philip was like, okay then, (laughs) I'll go back to taking care of my sheep. But he used this example in a spiritual way and I thought it was so good, I wanted to share it with you. But I want to start by asking you a question. Who's your shepherd? Some of us might be like, man, I'm the master of my own destiny. Okay. Who's your shepherd? These poor sheep under the care of the wrong shepherd, man, they just, there was no care for them. I mean, they were easily disposable of. It was just like come and go. They weren't cared for. Had they been under Philip's care, I mean, they would, have, they would have had the grazing that they needed, the water. They wouldn't have suffered so much. Had they been invited by Philip, the good shepherd, had they come through the right gate, they would have received the proper care that they needed. And it is, it is the same thing. When you are a part, when you're separated from Christ, the world is the wretched ranch, Okay? And Satan is the heartless shepherd. He doesn't care 
about your soul. He doesn't care about the souls of men and women and children. He doesn't care about your welfare, how you're doing. He doesn't care. And under his care, there are many who hunger and thirst and many who long, they desire to be under the care of the good shepherd. And they want to be in the house of the Lord. But let me tell you this morning, there is only one way into the good shepherd's flock. And it's through the owner, Jesus Christ. Listen to this, John chapter 10 and verse 9. Jesus boldly declared this. He said, yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved from that wretched ranch, from that heartless shepherd. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. That's freedom. That's freedom and it's found in Jesus Christ. And every day, whether you know this or not, every day we are encountering men and women and children who are on the wrong side of the fence. And I wanted to ask us, those of us that that say, man, we follow Jesus Christ. I want to live my life for Christ. I want to ask you, what's your impact on those who are on the wrong side of the fence? Is your life as a Christian so satisfying and so radiant and so filled with joy that they want what you have? Do they desire what you have? Do they see Christ reflected in your character and your conduct? You know, I'm going to share a couple old school sayings with you that are so good, though. You've probably heard this. But your life, Christian, is the Bible that many people outside that are on the wrong side of the fence, your life is the Bible that many people are going to read. They're not going to pick up the Bible and read it for themselves. They're not even going to step foot in a church, most of them. But they're watching your life. And your life is speaking a message to them. So what's your life speaking? And no, it doesn't mean we have to be perfect. I mean, the vision of our church is imperfect people. We adamantly admit that we are imperfect. We don't have it together. I'm not saying you need to be perfect. We need to be real. We need to be authentic. We need to be genuine. When you go through struggles, when your marriage is struggling, when you're having a hard time in parenting, when your job and your business is falling apart, whatever it may be, man, you're real with that. You're not trying to hide it. You're you're saying, hey, as a Christian, I'm still going through hard things too, but I have a good shepherd who walks with me through those wilderness times. And man, people are drawn to that. They want that. Your life is the only Bible many people are ever going to read. As we begin this process this morning, we've been building up to it, this process of selecting some new elders to serve here at Grace Church, I want to encourage you, this should be our filter. Man, are they they joy-filled? We've been looking at what a good shepherd should look like and, and, and how they should conduct themselves. And so we're, we're going to ask you, the congregation, to call out some elders from among you to help lead Grace Church spiritually. And I want you to, to, to look through that lens. Are they joy-filled? Are they, are they living what they're talking about? 
Do you see the benefits of being under Christ's control in their lives? Man, do they love God? Do they love people? Does their character, does it, and their conduct, does it reflect Jesus? At this time, I'm, I'm going to invite Brad Fuqua. He's one of our elders here at Grace Church, and he's going to come up on the platform here, and he's actually going to share more about this process of selecting elders. And um, if you guys would give him a round of applause, that'd be awesome. I do that because if he just walks up here and it's quiet, it's just awkward. So thanks for clapping for him. All right. Good morning, Grace Church. Uh, my name is Brad Fuqua, as Justin just said. Hey, how you doing? <laughs> uh, my wife, Summer, and I, we do have the honor and privilege of serving on the elder team right now here at Grace. And, um, you know, this is an exciting morning. Uh, we are, of course, the last three weeks we've been talking about sheep and shepherds. And I know you've all enjoyed going through the 23rd Psalm uh, like I have and seeing Justin's uh, imitations of sheep and shepherding. Uh, some of those are burned in my memory and will stay there forever. Um, but throughout this time of study, our hope as an elder team, as the pastors, our hope and prayer is that God has already been placing in your mind, bringing to your mind the names of people from within this body who have already been fulfilling that role of shepherd in your life. As we, as we think about calling out leaders from among the body, we're not looking to create or invent new leaders where they're not there. Um, I think that's worth saying. We're looking to identify who is already fulfilling this role who is already um, helping you when you're cast down? Who is already acting as a spiritual guide to you and your family? Who is already speaking words of encouragement and wisdom, anointing your head with oil or your life? So that's what we're hoping to do. We're hoping to see God raise up leaders from within this body who are already doing the work of shepherding and leading. So this is an exciting morning um, as we launch officially now into nominating prospective elders. Uh, as far as I know, this is the first time at Grace that we've done this in quite this way. Um, so this is kind of an experiment, right? And as, as an elder team, as pastors, uh, we've been learning as we've been going along, and we anticipate learning more as we finish this process. But we're excited now to give you, the body of Grace, the members of Grace, a chance to, to speak into this and to nominate elders. So starting today... Uh, we have for the next four weeks the opportunity, uh, so that's until September 22nd, four weeks for you to nominate uh, people to serve as elders. Um, to gather your submissions, we've created a, a paper form, uh, or you can go online. It's, uh, if you go to the Grace Church website, right at the very top, there's a link that says Elder Nomination. So we've created a form for you to go and submit uh, prospective elders' names. The one thing I want to make sure you know, and you'll notice, I think, as you go through the form, this is not just a spot for you to write in a name. We, we've actually designed this, this nomination form to guide your thinking about prospective elders through the lens of Scripture. So beyond simply submitting a name, you'll be asked to reflect on and evaluate how you've seen God work through the Holy Spirit and the moving of the Holy Spirit in this individual's life. So you'll be asked to reflect on their character and the ways you've witnessed their life aligning with God's calling. So we, we believe this process is vital to the future of Grace Church. We believe it's vital to our spiritual health. 
And to that end, we trust that God is going to guide us as we submit names of prospective elders and raise up leaders from, this, from within the body. So this morning, these nomination forms are in the lobby. You can pick one of those up on your way out. You can also, again, go online and submit that form. And if you have any questions about this process, please don't hesitate to contact uh, one of the members of the elder team, one of the pastors, and we'll be glad to do our best to communicate with you however we can to answer your questions. Um, so right now I'm going to just pray as we, as we launch into this process and ask God, God to bless it. Father, you are our shepherd. Father, you, you allow us to lie down in green pastures and beside still waters. Lord, you restore our soul. Father, you lead us in right paths for your name's sake. Father, even though the world is dark and we face hard times, we don't fear evil. You are with us. Your rod and your staff, they comfort us. Father, you prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies, and you anoint our heads with oil. Father, our cups overflow. Father, goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives because we dwell in your house. Lord, as we, as we now take the next four weeks to, to call forth men to serve from this body, Lord, I pray that you will guide each one of us, Father, that you will you will guide this process. Father, that you will you will help us have clarity and wisdom as we humbly ask people to serve this body. Father, this is not a popularity contest. This is not for our glory. Father, we're we're hoping you will bring forth leaders to get their hands dirty and get in the trenches and to work to lead this church. Father, we believe you have great things in store for us as a body. We believe you have great things for us to do in our area to impact Durango, Bayfield, Ignacio, and just the surrounding area. Father, we want to be busy doing your work. Father, we want to follow your will in the ways uh, we we work in this area. So, Father, I pray now that you will bring uh, bring forth leaders that, that can guide us through that, that can help us grow this church for your glory. Father, we just ask for your blessing on this process, and we ask that you will um, help us to, to step through this process with transparency and honesty, and that, Lord, we will do this in a way that, that ultimately brings you glory. For it's in the name of your Son that we ask these things. Amen. Thanks, Brad. <clears throat> Amen. We're excited about this. You know, I want to finish this message this morning by focusing on one other word in this last verse of Psalm 23. Before I do that, I just want to say, I know some of you are probably filling out your nominations right now, but if you can hold off, just listen to the last part of this message, I'd appreciate it. Psalm 23, in verse 6, it's, this is actually from the Amplified Version, and it, it brings out the meaning of the word house that I 
believe David was trying to communicate. It says, I will dwell in the presence of the Lord forever. And that's actually the word I want to end on, I want us to focus on. Because I believe this may be the most significant desire that David had in his heart when he was writing this song. This is what he was trying to communicate. Once again, from the sheep's perspective, it's knowing that the shepherd is there. It's knowing and having the awareness that his, his presence is nearby. The good shepherd is with me. He's present with me. And when you know this, when you know that the good shepherd is with you, it, it automatically eliminates most of the difficulties and the dangers, and, and, and it provides this sense of security and confidence. Like it eliminates... This fear, whatever situation you're facing, when you know that you're in the presence of God, man, you can become bold as a lion. It's in the presence of the shepherd that we have the guarantee that we will lack nothing. It guarantees that there will be abundant green pastures. There will be still clean waters. There will be new paths into fresh lands and fields. There will be freedom from fear. There will be relief from flies and pests and parasites and disease. There will be quietness and contentment and joy. Like knowing that the Good Shepherd is with you. And I believe that a successful Christian walk, a walk with Christ, can be summed up in one phrase. And I believe it's this, walk in the presence of God. It's stated another way in the scripture, it says to abide in Christ. When you're in his presence, you will lack nothing. You will fear nothing but him. You will be bold and you will move forward in incredible confidence. Man, it's his Holy Spirit within us that empowers us to live a noble, richly rewarding life. And as I follow him and as I move in harmony with his wishes, life becomes more satisfying, more worthwhile. It becomes an exciting adventure as we progress in this life. And this is made possible as I allow the gracious Holy Spirit to control, to make the decisions, to direct me, to lead me, to shepherd me. In fact, I think we should deliberately ask the Holy Spirit for his guidance. And we should live surrounded by the presence of the Almighty God. Man, what assurance. What, what blessing. I shall dwell in the presence or in the care of or in the house of the Lord forever. Wow. Like, man, bless the name of the Lord. It's awesome. Nathan is going to sing a song over us this morning. This is a song that David wrote. And we should conclude with a song. But David's going to sing a song. It's called Run to the Father. What I want you to do is just sit and kind of just reflect and, and enjoy the music. But I want you to reflect on this question. Are you, personally, don't judge others, just think about where you're at. Are you walking in the presence of God? Can you say that the Lord is my shepherd? Man, if you could reflect on that, as uh, Nathan sings this song, I think that would be powerful.